Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Now, how many remember last time I was teaching on Wednesday night? Anybody remember what I was teaching on? Resist the devil. How can you forget that? Have you been resisting the devil? Remember we began in Matthew chapter 16 talking about the keys to the kingdom and God giving unto us weapons, everybody say weapons, armor, everybody say armor, weapons, armor, and gifts, everybody say gifts. So we've been kind of digging into some of this, looking at some of this, and coming to an understanding of faith in our hearts and our minds that if anybody's going to do something about the devil, it's going to have to be us. Amen. Amen. Now, I know there are some sovereign powers and laws that God holds over the devil, demon powers, darkness. If, if, if he didn't, then he'd just take and just erase this whole thing. The devil would destroy it, kill you and everybody you love and, and laugh while he's doing it. So there is a, a, a restraining grace that has been upon the earth ever since Jesus rose from the dead and actually categorize this time in which we live as the acceptable year of the Lord a day of God's grace, a day of God's mercy and compassion, and a day in which like never before, we as believers have access to God. Oh my goodness. Glad you're so excited. <laughs> so in, in understanding the laws of creation, if I say creation, and the laws of redemption, we understand that God put man upon the earth to have dominion. Not for God to be the boss, but for us to be the boss. And we gave that away. We send that away. We didn't do it in mass as a huge human family around the earth, you know, in, in 2021. The, the, the fountainhead, the master copy of humanity, the woman and the man together committed a crime that we couldn't commit. They committed a crime of high treason against God. And when, when they did that, I guess in this technical age, we understand that more than anything else, uh, they downloaded or, or the devil downloaded everything that was bad with him into the human family. And the human family been in a mess ever since. Until 2,000 years ago when Jesus redeemed us. Amen. And the sin nature is broken. And sins are redeemed. Or, or how, how do we say it? Remit, they're remitted. They're removed from us as far as the east is from the west. Amen. You know, one of the biggest hindrances we all have is the guilt of our past. And what you've got to do as a believer is you've got to reckon yourself dead to your past life and alive unto God. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. And like we've said ever since we've started teaching the Word, that begins to work in your life when you believe it in your heart, say it with your mouth on a continual basis until it becomes a part of you. You ever notice that, how things we continually say about people and ourselves. We, we were uh, uh, last... Wednesday night, we had Brother uh, Randy and Sister Linda Ayers with us from, uh, from Grosbeck, Texas. Now, their son, Randy, is, is full grown. He's maybe, maybe six foot tall, maybe six foot tall. Well, I first started going and ministering at their church way back in 1985, and Randy was just a, he was just a toddler, and they called him Little Randy. They called him Little Randy. And so, you know, everybody said, well, you know, that's little Randy. Where's, where's little Randy? There's, and everybody called him little Randy little, until he got to be about 12 years old, old. And you know who he was at age 12? He was little Randy. 
And we were sitting in, 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 in Pastor Randy's office and it just dawned on him because I'd been teaching on the power of words in his church and it dawned on him. He said, oh my God, we can't call him little Randy anymore. He'll never grow up. And he's never been little Randy since then. Amen. You say, oh, yeah, that's just a coincidence. Kids always hit a growing spurt around twice. Well, believe what you want to believe. I'll believe what I want to believe, all right? How's that? <laughs> but life and death are in the power of the tongue, amen? So we've got to realize that there are laws, there are principles, there are all things that God has put into His Word that our revelation and reality of that put into operation literally keeps the devil from doing everything he desires to do. You say, well, does that mean the devil can't do anything to me? No, it doesn't. Remember what we said. We're going to teach on the adversary. Maybe, next, maybe the Wednesday after that. You must understand the nature of your adversary is criminal. Remember us saying that last week and the week before that? How, how you may be having symptoms of some kind of sickness or disease in your body. The enemy may be oppressing you with that, but he does not have the right to. Actually, him doing that to you is illegal. Him putting the very thought of it into your mind is illegal. But just like any criminal, what is illegal emboldens them. You ever notice that? One criminal wanting to best the next, wanting to best the next, wanting to best the next. We've all seen it. Hollywood paints the picture of it, all that kind of stuff that goes on. But you've got to realize God, God loves and cares for you. Amen? I better be careful. I'll get up on something I shouldn't. Did I tell you 1 Timothy chapter 6? Just for, just for reference sake, verse 12. Now notice this. Fight the good fight of faith. Now that's a pretty simple word right there, isn't it? Fight. Everybody say fight. 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 Amen. Now see, I, I think sometimes we don't know what that is. Because we're not used to doing it the way the Word of God tells us to do it. Here's the good thing about the Word of God. It shows us the target and gives us the ammunition. Amen? And I'm telling you, if you serve a God that is so good that knows down on that earth, my kid's got an adversary down there, something that the only thing he wants to do is steal, kill, and destroy from them. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get some armor, I'm going to get some gifts, I'm going to get some weapons, and I'm going to put them down there, and I'm going to call them the keys of my kingdom. And if they can figure them out by the Word of God, and I'm going to send the Holy Ghost down there to help them figure it out, Who's the what? The teacher. He's the one that teaches. He's the one that shows us. I'm going to get him to show them how to do it. And then if they'll just do it, they will not defeat the devil. They will demonstrate his defeat. That means he's already defeated. So the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, fight the what? The what? The good. What is a good fight? Does anybody know what a good fight is? I'll tell you one better than one that you win. It's one that's already won. <laughs> Amen. I'd rather not have to engage in a 30-minute knockdown drag out. I'd rather just walk by and kick one time. Amen. I'd rather demonstrate. See, a lot of people, that's that's where we get mixed up sometimes. We think, well, we gotta, we gotta bring, we gotta bring it. No, no, no. We're called to enforce the spirit of life in Christ Jesus against the law of sin and death. You say, well, what is the law of sin and death? Anything that is darkness, 
anything that, that is darkness that tries to come into your life and manifest the ministry of your adversary, which is to do what? Steal, kill, and destroy. And what did we say? Not last week, but the week before when I was teaching, you're going to have to defeat him first in your mind. God's wanting to change our thinking so that we don't think the problem, we think the victory, that which God has given us in Christ Jesus. Amen? Now, where were we? 1 Timothy chapter 6. Fight, excuse me, fight the good fight of faith. Now, notice, lay hold on eternal life. Now, that's, that's kind of a strange, kind of a, kind of a weird phrase. Now, what, do, what could that mean? Lay hold. Lay hold. Okay. Eternal life. I agree, Pastor Rusty. I got eternal life when I got saved, when I got born again. I believe with all my heart. I know heaven's my home. Believe with all my heart. If I were to die right here in my chair, I'd go right to heaven. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I mean, we'd agree with that, okay? So if the question were asked, where is your eternal life? You'd say, well, it's, it's out there somewhere. <laughs> Amen. A lot of times we don't realize eternal life has been imparted. And the Lord is actually telling us to lay hold. To lay hold. Lay hold is something that you desire to possess. Think about the desire to possess something in your life, whether it be, you know, a, a, a young man pursuing a young woman or a middle-aged man pursuing a young woman. <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> just kidding. Amen. Uh, a new car you saved your money for, a trip you get to take, something that you put effort in to have. Something you put effort in. You say, well, Pastor, I thought you said we, do, we, we have eternal life when we're born again. You do, but the effects of it are not put off to the sweet by and by. Well, I tell you, eternal life, I, when I die, I'll have eternal life. No, you got it when you got born again. You got it when you got born again. When salvation came to you, eternal life became your reality. So God wants you to benefit from the effects of your eternal life while you're down here in temporal life. Oh, pastor, if there was just a scripture that could even indicate that were true. Anybody been to church on Sunday morning? 2 Corinthians 4.18 For we look not at that which is seen, but at that which is unseen. For the things that are seen are temporal and subject to change. The things that are unseen are eternal forever settled in heaven. <laughs> Amen. I mean, do you need more than that? That's God telling you right there. I've done it all for you. I want to get it all to you. Amen. Now, real quick. Go to Acts. Help me. Oh, I'm doing good. Acts chapter 2. I wanted us to look at something. We've looked at this before. But it, it bears a second look. I've been convinced, I guess ever since I've been in the ministry and serving the Lord, that other than salvation, the most important gift you can have is the baptism in the Holy Ghost. You say, well, Pastor, what about the Word? Well, well, the Word of God will help you to correctly discern the Word of God. I, I guarantee you, all of you could probably testify to the reality that you looked at the Bible a whole, a whole lot differently uh, uh, after you were baptized in the Holy Ghost than before you got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Amen. There's, a, there's an enlightenment that comes with the baptism in the Holy Ghost. But now, 
Here's this event that took place. Jesus is the one that commanded them to go there. Exactly like he said, the fire from, from, from heaven sound, the, sh uh, the sound from heaven showed up. Uh, God just moved into that sense realm. He gets up and he preaches. And they said, uh, let me find it here. He preaches that great message out of, you know, out of Joel. Says they were all, uh, verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what should we do? Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. So you know that's not water baptism. Can I get a better amen? You say, why does that make any difference? Because a lot of people believe a lot of crazy things. Just take them back to the Word of God. They're being baptized for the remission of sin, not in water. For the remission of sin, and you, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Well, what was the gift of the Holy Ghost? Well, that which they experienced or saw poured out upon them. Amen? So God's putting an emphasis on this experience of being baptized in the Holy Ghost. It says, for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That's, that's what qualifies us all to be filled with the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues. Now notice this, and with many other words, and with many other words did he testify and exhort saying, now notice, save yourself. Everybody say, save yourself. Save yourself from this untoward generation. Let me read it here in the, uh, in the Amplified. That's verse 40. Peter saw, solemnly and earnestly witnessed, testified, admonished, and exhorted with much more continuous speaking and warned, reproved, advised, and encouraged them, saying, be saved from this cro crooked perverse, wicked, and unjust generation. Now, when we begin to understand that the Word of God is designed for us to see ourselves as God sees us, which is one of the, which is one of the greatest weapons against the, the enemy. That's a true gift from God, for you to see yourself in Christ. You say, why is that? Because when you see yourself in Christ, you see yourself saved. You see yourself healed. You could have 15 symptoms in your body. You, st you still see yourself healed. Amen. You see yourself delivered. You see yourself set free. You see, see yourself righteous. You see yourself full of joy. Amen. I mean, you see yourself as God. See, that's the greatest threat to the... The devil wants you to think you're who he thinks he you are. No good. Rotten. And if you are, if you've had a little bit of you know, religion in your life, he'll say, oh, you're just super spiritual. Are oh, you too pious? You're self-righteous. You don't have a devil to talk to you. Well, he's a liar. And he's not your father. He's not your father. God's your heavenly father. Amen? And he, he wants his children to know what they look like. So he gave us a mirror. Oh, well, better be careful. Okay, won't do that. Sorry. Amen. I notice what he says here. Save yourself. Now notice this. Save yourself. Save yourself. Save yourself. Well, Pastor Rusty, Jesus saved me. He did. He saved you so that you can lay hold of eternal life. Did you get that? He saved you so you could demonstrate that there is an eternal life to lay hold of. He wants your life to demonstrate that there is an eternal life, a God in heaven, a Savior that loves and saved them, a Spirit that abides in the powers. God wants your life to witness that. Amen. For people to look at you and say, 
They're fanatics. I think they're tongue-talking fanatics. I don't know, you know what people say. Amen. <laughs> you say, well, I don't know if I want people thinking about me like that or not. Well, you know, you need to learn to bear the reproach of what you're called to do. Do you think the world's going to roll out the red carpet for you? They're not going to do it. God loves you. He cares about you. He wants you empowered with gifts and with armor and with weapons so that you can come down here and tell the devil, you're not going to kick me around anymore. But you're going to have to save yourself. Amen? I mean, if you're out there in the, in the, uh, in the Gulf of Mexico and you've been caught by one of those uh, rip currents, first of all, just for safety's sake, anybody know what to do? Don't fight moving water. I just helped everybody never to drown. You say, what do you mean? Don't fight moving water. Oh, there's a spiritual twist to that, isn't it? Don't fight moving water. You say, why not? Because it's going to take you where it wants to take you. And it'll take you to a place where you can get in. Or get out. Sometimes if you want to get out, that's a little tougher. Amen. Oh, I won't tell that. That's, that's, we'll, we'll save that one for later. Amen. <laughs> save yourself. I say, save yourself, save yourself from this untoward or wicked generation. Now, there's so much. You see it on the news. We live it every day. So much going on in our world, and this world is posturing right now. I've, I don't think I've ever experienced more division in the world. In the whole world. People being divided by all kinds of crazy things. Your reaction to a disease, your reaction to a political idea, a social movement, uh, what you think about this. How do you even might say some word? And brother, you can, you can be ostracized. You, you, this, this generation in which we're 6,000 years from the fall of humanity in the garden, this generation, in, it's got it. All of the junk has gone to the bottom. Where's my people that work in the... What's that stuff they call down at the bottom of those cat crackers, the, the last product that, that... Coke? They call it, Coke ain't no good for nothing. And that's not Coca-Cola nor cocaine. It's this... It's this uh, I guess it's just a... What, it's not an ash. It's got substance to it. But that's the end. That's the last of it. That's the last of it. We're down in the very dregs of humanity. And listen... People are power hungry, they're money hungry, they're, 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 crime has gone through. The, I mean, we can sit here all night and talk about how bad things are in the world. That's why Peter said, save yourself. Save yourself. And you know, we all have project people in our life we're trying to save. Amen. But you know, two drowning people never helped each other. You might have to save yourself first. Get strong in the Lord and the power of His mind. I don't know who that was for, but that, that'll help somebody if you hear it. Amen. Sometimes we think, well, we can just help. We can just help. When we need to pray that prayer that just turns them totally over to the Lord where the Lord can do what He needs to do with the situation. Just say. Save yourself. Put some effort into it. What was my last? Oh, yeah, Ephesians chapter 6. We'll close with this real quick. Go down to verse uh, go down to verse 10. 
Everybody say resistance. resistance. Say resistance. resistance. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Everybody say His might. Now, notice, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles. Everybody say the wiles. Now, those are the traps. Those are the strategies. You know, those, those are the things that the adversary conspires against you with. Did you know that? That he's got little devils and demons and, you know, all these. that, that they, want, they want to create a tragedy in your life. You ever notice that? And if they don't, listen, if they're not able to do it, they sure want you to make, they sure want you to make you, to make you think they can. How many enemies ever done that to your mind, trying to project down, oh, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, that's going to happen. That. And listen, there's enough, there's enough fear to tap into out there. Oh my goodness. Amen. So you're going to have to be strong in the Lord, power of His might, and notice the word put on. Everybody say put on. What is that? That's an effort. You have to put it on. Put on, not, not just some, but the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against those traps, those strategies, and those wilds. Now notice, they, he's not ashamed to just call it what it is. Of the devil. Now I know we're living in a time when the devil is celebrated. In case you haven't seen it. But he's still the adversary of even those that serve him. That's why I've always found it strange. But we're able with the armor of God to stand against the wiles. Everybody say the wiles. Now here you go. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, Notice it says we wrestle. doesn't say we war. That's two different words. The word to war literally means to engage in a conflict without a determined outcome. There's a lot of people that want this kind of weird, kiki kind of a spiritual warfare. that We're going to go tear down the devil. Well, you might get tore up because he's already defeated. And if you think he is an adversary that needs defeating, then he knows you don't know that much. And he's kind of going like, amen. And he wants to fight. He, he does. He really wants to fight. He wants to fight. Because if he can fight with you, he can rub his stuff on you. Kind of like if you left this meeting and went down to the bar and engaged somebody in a fight, after 20 minutes, they're not going to smell like they've been in church. We'll just leave it at that, amen. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now here's the thing. So many times we wait for, for, for the principalities, the powers, the spiritual wickedness and high, we wait for them to engage us. Now think about that for a moment. We're just going through our day. We're just going, you know, we're just, we're just minding our own business. We're on our way to church. We're doing, and, here, and here comes an attack of the enemy. So now we're, now we're in a wrestling match. What's he doing? He's trying to wrestle from you the reality of what you think or believe you have. If you think it, you don't. If you believe it, you do. Amen. He's trying to wrestle that away from you. Well, you're in pain. You're sick. You're a sick person. How dare that pastor tell you that you're well, you know, trying to use the word of God to fight off symptoms of sickness. Now, well, that's just the craziest thing we've ever heard. That's, that's just silly. 
Well, not really. That's what the Bible says to do. Amen. So you've got to realize the enemy through every attack is trying to wrestle from you. What's he attack? Just like Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, he's attacking the word. He's attacking the word that gives you your identity. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, against principalities, powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Everybody say high places. So we see there's levels of evil. We'll, we'll, we'll study that here in a couple, couple, of, uh, couple of weeks also. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Amen? Now, this is, this is where we come to the natural progression of faith from revelation to stand. Everybody say, from revelation. From revelation to stand. Amen? From revelation to stand. Now, now, now that revelation comes, you know, you hear, you, I'm supposed to believe that. I'm supposed to say that. So you, you're worshiping God, you're thanking God. Now you're standing in faith. Your greatest, how can I say this? Your greatest advantage in the wrestling match is the reality of this armor that God says you're supposed to put on. Because in the midst of the symptoms or the heat of the circumstance, He's unable to pierce your mind and create doubt because you're standing on the Word of God. It's really that simple. It's really that simple. You're just sta you're standing on the Word. And having and here's where we miss it, church. This is where we get setbacks, defeated. This is where we get discouraged. Is we try to go to that place of engaging in that wrestling match and we hadn't done all yet. We hadn't done all. Because he said, once you've done all, then stand. But if you hadn't done all, don't stand yet. A, a powerful minister, if you'd like to go study or read after him, I'd suggest it. His name was John G. Lake. I believe it was Spokane, Oregon. Spokane, Washington, something, whatever. Up there on the, on, the, uh, on the West Coast. Now, the latter years of his life, he pioneered a church over there. And they had a healing ministry. But it was very unique and it was not a, an altar ministry where they'd have people come up or a crusade type which people would come up or they'd pray a mass. They had healing, basically what they were were healing technicians. And they would go sit one-on-one, -on -one, sometimes for up to seven to eight days and ready them for the prayer of faith. And they would just sit down with them and they'd just start talking about what they believed, how they believed it. And then they'd enforce the Word of God, all the healing scriptures. Then they'd just begin to peel back layers of different things and try to find out, you know, if we're the healed of God and you're not healed, there's got to be a reason. Amen? And the reason's always us. <laughs> Can I get a better amen? amen? The reason's always in our court. So it pays, it pays to get into the Word 
And say, okay, Lord, I gotta, I'm going to find out about this armor. I'm going to get this armor. You said that you gave, that there, Pastor Rush, you said there's gifts out there, uh, that there's weapons out there, and that there's armor out there. And I need me some armor because I tell you, the enemy comes in on top of me and really torments me. I need some armor. So you've got to realize that right here in Ephesians chapter 6, the Holy Ghost is fixing to present to you. I get these, I get these, uh, uh, they pop up on my phone. Somebody put me on a, on a company that sells bulletproof vest. I don't need a bulletproof vest. Anyway, they pop up and they're always changing their armor. They say, we got this new rifle plate. We got this new this, this new that. This, all of this, all of this came from the Apostle Paul's observation of the Roman army and their ability to conquer. Now, if you ever study Rome and study their armor, you'll see that they never backed up. That even the engineering of their, of their uh, centurion units, which are 100 men, the way they carried their spears, the way they carried their shields, and everything about them was in an offensive posture. You're not going to engage us, but we're fixed to engage you. And from that mindset, the Apostle Paul pulls this armor of God that he talks about, what it does and how it does it. And we've got to realize it's not given to us to just kind of sit back and say, well, if the devil ever comes and attacks, I guess I'll get up and use this. No, God wants you taking that armor and moving into the darkness. Because faith works best on offense. And your armor works the best when it's being used when you're pressing against something instead of it pressing against you. Let me try that again. You might like that. It works better when you're pressing against it instead of it pressing against you. Let me close with this. This help anybody tonight? Thank God for the word. Amen. You say, Pastor, it seems like a constant fight. But when you have the Word of God and the revelation of the Word, then there may be a time in which it seems like a constant fight. But because of the Word of God in your spirit and in your mind that you've renewed it with, it'll turn into a constant victory. Well, that there's always a thought train of the Word of God moving. That happens through effort. That happens through putting it on. And, you know, I was thinking the other day, a couple of things that I, I've been busy lately. We've had Leah's event and then our men's event, uh, guests that have come in, all this kind of stuff. Things are kind of settling kind of into the, into the summer routine. And there's some things that I've not done that, you know, you never thought you'd miss it until you miss it for three or four days. One of them is a series of things I've been listening to on my uh, on my truck, in my truck, because I travel, I drive around, get on, somebody's teaching, somebody's preaching, but listen to other things. I thought, today I'm going to turn that off, turn that back on. You say, why? It was affecting my thinking. Just a little blip here, a little glitch there. Where'd that come from? Oh, yeah. Where'd that come from? Oh, yeah. See, the Spirit of God knows right where it comes from. All you got to do is ask Him. And many times, we allow this stuff to access our minds and wonder why we're having so much problem with our minds. But God has given us His armor to create what? A barrier between us and what the devil's trying to attack us with. Something that's not only will help you in a defensive posture, but you can use in an offensive posture to go in and possess what God says is yours. Amen.
Lift your hands and worship God. Father, we worship you. Thank you for your word tonight. That the entrance of your word brings light and light to us. That forever, O Lord, everybody say forever. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We worship you. Now just, just be still in your spirit for just a moment. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In prayer this afternoon, we're just going to pray and be dismissed here in just a moment. Prayer this afternoon. The Lord was showing me, and that's been a common occurrence lately where the Lord would begin to show me how the enemy is trying to attack different people in the church. You know, we've talked about uh, breakout and breakthrough, that it's time for a breakout and time for for, for breakthrough. And I'm not even going to try and get you to respond to this because I know it can be, a, it can be an alarming thing. And, uh, you know, I respect your privacy, so I'm going to give this out so that you can grab a hold of it with your faith and, and be free from this because the enemy is messing with somebody's mind in this area. You feel like you're being followed. You're like... Always looking, always thinking, Some, somebody followed me? Somebody, And it's the enemy working on your mind. So the enemy's trying, that, that God wants you to know that tonight. That it's the adversary messing with your mind. That's what he's doing. That no, there's not. You say, well, I, I saw him. I, well, I, you know, there, there might be someone around or something like that. But as far as following you with some kind of intention or doing something like that, that's not happening. That's the adversary trying to stimulate your imagination. That's what he's trying to do. And I was very alarmed when I was, I was praying about something completely different. Then I thought, huh. And the Spirit of God said, now you minister that out on Wednesday night and there'll be people that'll be set free from that because that's, did you know that is a fear and that is a phobia where people think someone's following them all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. So I don't want anybody to raise, raise their hand or anybody to, to get up or come up here or anything, but I'm going to pray. And if that's you, I want you to grab hold of that with your faith and I want you to be free from that tonight. Amen? Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, what a tormenting thing for the enemy to try to do to somebody's mind. And in the name of Jesus, I cancel the assignment of that demonic power and that demonic force to try and torment the imagination of any individual in here right now, in Jesus' name, through fear, panic, any of these emotions that are not of God, Devil, you get your hands off of God's property in Jesus' name. Jesus, you said you'd never leave us or forsake us. You said you're with us always, even until the end of the age. So, Father, I thank you for an overwhelming awareness of your presence in this person's life. That they recognize and realize that when Jesus said that, he meant that. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Now, let's all lift our hands and rejoice with whoever needed that. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Father. We glorify your name. We thank you, Heavenly Father. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, someone would say, well, why don't you just call them up and minister to them? Because we're learning how to do things a new way. We're learning to flow with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. You know, that might be right or might have been right last week. It might be right next week. But it wasn't right for tonight. Amen? That's how we learn how to flow. That way we don't grieve the Spirit of God. 
That way he's able to move not only just among us, but in us and through us. And when you go out of here, your senses to, senses to that are heightened. How many expect the Spirit of God to show you things, to lead you? You know, that's how it works when you expect it. Amen. And as we continue to teach along these lines, we'll go into that because these things come online in your life when we teach on them. And you, oh yeah, oh, oh yeah, I kind of let that slip. I, so the Bible says, prove all things. Prove all things and hold fast to that which is good. Amen. Praise God. Why don't you stand on your feet? Father, we thank you tonight that your word has found good soil, a place of planting in our hearts and in our lives. And in our departure tonight, we exercise our faith and authority, standing upon your word, declaring over our lives that we are protected of God. Psalms 91 says, There shall no evil befall us, no plague come to our dwelling place. Declares that angels have charge over us. Father, you showed us in the book of Hebrews that angels are given unto this dispensation because we are heirs of salvation. We thank you that the angels are active. The angels are active. We thank you for that, Father. Lord, we thank you that as we leave tonight in all of our travels, Lord, upon these highways, the airways when we fly, the seaways when we go out and work or, or have recreation, Father, on the railways, we thank you, Father, that we're protected and kept safe. Every person in the righteous labor of their hands, Lord, especially now here in summertime where there's such a, uh, uh, the heat seems to be coming early. We thank you, Father, that we have wisdom, that we're protected. We thank you, Heavenly Father. No trauma, no terror, no evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself. We abide under the shadow of the Most High. We thank you for that, Father. And Lord, we also, we pray against hurricanes, yeah. tropical storms. Here on this, on this part of the upper Texas coast, but Father, we pray against them in our entire area. Lord, we don't want people to suffer. They've suffered enough. People that have lost over and over and over again. So we speak to the north, the south, the east, and the west wind. We speak to the steering currents of the Atlantic, the Caribbean, and the Gulf of Mexico. We speak to the jet streams that run across the continent. We say, well, you shall not conspire with the devil to bring a destructive storm across our coast. Father, we thank you that others on their coast are praying. We keep the devil at bay in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for your witness in our heart. Thank you that we are salt and we are light. Thank you, Father. There will be people in our lives in the next few days that we're able to be an answer to their prayer problem to the devil in their lives. In Jesus' name. Lord, as we leave tonight, we walk in faith and love towards you, in love toward one another. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.